0: This is
1: wild for You gotta be careful of him. Bro. Hey, man, but it's almost about 8 45.
2: I'm just mm-hmm. jumping
1: into this, man. Let's um, start off with something pleasant. Y'all niggas seen that Mario movie? Not yet, but I'm gonna watch it though.
3: Hey, yo, nigga, that shit good, bro.
1: That shit good, boy. Like, hey. I take back everything I said about Chris Pratt funny looking ass playing Mario, bro. That nigga did a great job. He did a
3: good job. I see people online talking about his voice <laughs> acting yo, wasn't that great. Yo,
1: Jack, Jack Black, but
0: his little song God. he did.
3: Yeah, hey, that shit fired. The, the God, bro. but I just want to say, people he, was he, so online he, he saying, he saying he that Chris good. Pratt wasn't doing wasn't a good job as Mario. I went to see it, and I'm like, yo, he did pretty good. Yeah,
1: I, I'm giving him a seven out of ten. It was an adequate job. Like I, hey, I was The best
3: voice actor though was the key. Was it uh key that did the voice of Toad? Was he the,
1: the star
3: that did Toad?
1: Oh,
3: Toad. He killed oh, that I'm shit.
1: Toad. I think it was Key. Right? Yeah. I know who I fuck with. The star. The star yeah, that nigga. That character. was my favorite oh, character, my bro. God. All right, yeah. <laughs> I'm in that bitch dying laughing behind it. I don't want to spoil nothing for the story, so we won't be talking no plot points, but... Please don't. <laughs> hey, bro, I will spoil you. I will deem all over this shit, bro. Please that,
4: that, do not yeah. do a Kadim. Please. Was, like,
1: hey, nigga, I will unload the chopper here, but the movie was great. The voice acting was solid, minus <laughs> one or two people who I wasn't a fan of. Um... The plot line was was solid, like it wasn't like nothing to write home about, but like it wasn't bad. Like I can I would, I would watch this movie again. So that's the highest ranking I can give it. Shout out to that nigga
5: Jack Black. Shout out to that nigga Chris Pratt. Um, I'm not sure if the nigga did anything salacious, so don't put that on my jacket because I don't know these niggas in real life.
3: Nah, I, I heard Chris Pratt's a heinous individual, but his acting skills. They, they're pretty, y'all, right? They're passable. They're good. I right,
5: right, bet. Shout out Jack Black, then.
1: Shout out my nigga Jack Black, bro. Oh, Jack Black was S-tier in this movie. S-tier. Not a single bad scene. Not a single bad scene. Man, a of best. Best scene of the movie. Yo,
3: I'm saying, but like, there are a few things that I would change from the movie, but I can't get into it without spoilers, so I'm going to give it a week, and then we're going to come back to it.
5: Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch-
3: but a movie yo, movie the on Easter on, eggs. Like, if you have been a long time Mario fan, the Easter eggs and stuff just going on in the background of the film, dope as hell. Like, you gonna be spotting so many Easter eggs, and it's gonna make your little like fanboy, fangirl heart go like crazy, that.
1: bro. The post credits, hey. hey. I'm not going to say nothing, but right. make sure y'all... Hey, if you go see it, Tony, you make sure you sit your ass in that bed and get the post credits, because... Oh, I'm right. a, I'm going to give it the
5: Marvel treatment,
1: man. Huh? Every time.
0: So, is it a $5 matinee type
1: situation, or I need to pay full price? Pay full for price, price pay for that. Support fee.
3: Nintendo. Pay...
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I, like, I pay full price. Like, I honestly, I ended up spending, a, a, like, more money than I expected, because I took somebody with me and, like... That shit was like $50 for a movie outing for real. You went to yeah. IMAX? That's besides the point. Yeah. Mm. And I got that, that 3D experience. And, oh, you um, got the IMAX 3D, huh? Climbing to shit. Yeah. So, how was it but in 3D? The shit was. It was great. Like, I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. And I'm not like a huge 3D guy, but I was like a Super Mario. It, it blended well. It looked good with the, like, animation of the movie like the 3D actually look 3D so like yeah I fuck with it, glad to
3: hear All it. Right. but I do also want Nintendo to keep making movies I need a Legend of Zelda movie and I also need a Fire Emblem movie and then I'll be happy Legend
1: of Zelda you probably don't get that Fire Emblem I don't know
3: I mean it is one of the biggest franchises oh. though outside of the US
1: I legitimately don't know any franchise from Nintendo that I really need a movie from. Whatever they give me, cool. This was like, I wasn't expecting the Mario movie. This worked. All right. I'm going to let them cook. Um, other than that, I'm not requesting shit from now.
3: Nah, they did a great job with this. I feel like they would slaughter an, uh, a Legend of Zelda movie. That's all it was. I can't even lot.
1: Yo, what's this, the anime yo, news, bro? you know what, yo, it, it is not really no anime news. I, I looked up; it really wasn't shit that I cared about, and that's all that really matters. The one thing it is, I'll kick it over to gaming news. Um, Advance Wars One and Two is getting a reboot, and they restoring the feeling. I need, I, hey, yo, Advance Wars was one of my favorite games back in the G, and when I was just a little young jit, as Neph would say. Uh, Man, and, the
3: Game Boy Advance.
1: The Game Boy Advance, bro? building up my army, making my foes submit to my will through sheer manpower. Gotta love that. Bring that type of gaming back. I never played none of those games, so I don't care. Young ass nigga, you you went out. Oh, know. Uh,
3: there is another bit of <laughs> anime news, and since it's short, like I guess everybody could just tell people what they're currently watching. But uh, tight uh, TJ Kubo is adding a. New fight to the thousand year blood war arc part two that wasn't mm-hmm. in the manga. Mm-hmm. I'm a finna nut. Oh yeah, <laughs> hey.
2: my
1: god. And with, with what that means, I also want niggas to know that Kadim and Caesar was there in the room that said bleach sucks. So y'all keep that in y'all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. That's that I don't know about Caesar. Don't put down this jacket, but Kadim definitely no, I nah, C- I seen C- this. Nah, Caesar was, was in there. Caesar was in there. Caesar was in there, bro.
5: He's probably fighting. He's probably Mike unmuted. Mike unmuted. I'm muted.
1: He was nah, he in racist group chat showing feet, bro. Whoa, he's Show in racist form. form.
5: He was in he was racist Socialnage
1: form. Goddamn, racist form. Doja cat it out, bro. That shit was.
5: Kadeem, wait, Kadeem Caesar. I
1: can't. I can't defend y'all, man.
5: Y'all showing feet in racial chat rooms,
1: bro. Crazy. Speaking crazy on bleach name, I'm surprised Clay ain't going there and get the room reported. Mm-hmm.
2: Cause me personally, hey, I don't entertain you had, fools,
1: bro. Hey, I do. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> where have we seen the past drama this week on the that analytical post?
0: Hey,
5: about the you know, no
3: superpowers.
5: <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, I'm gonna yeah. say, I'm gonna say it here. I'm gonna say it here since we got a, we got a little bit, my people. Um, <clears throat> hey, if y'all come to me talking about how Saitama has no superpower, so technically he wins. Stop that bullshit, bro. I specifically laid out the foundation. A hey, no special powers. Special powers means you can't just do sit-ups, push-ups, chin-ups, and then what? And run the 10k and then you can punch through God. Stop. Doesn't even Stop. make fucking sense. <laughs> Stop. I said, I said, hey yo, if this translates to real life. When I said real life, I meant our real life, not your delusions. Real life. <laughs> okay, so when I say real life, I mean like real life, like iro like the unfortunate fucking landscape of our life, our existence. Not that bullshit that y'all be talking about. Not oh technically I time deserve a pop stop. Stop. But now I'm upset. No, you're lying to yourself. Scary. Niggas a like nah side Saitama- time said side time easy.
0: Saitama easy. Saitama- I was like all right, bro a lot of fatherless behavior. That shit was nasty. Like, I was really reading that shit. Hey,
1: but I liked it, because I got no, to, I I got to tell niggas that they were wrong. <laughs> I read through the thread, and somebody got called an uh, absolute bottom. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny as hell. <laughs> Yo, that shit was the funniest shit I read all week, bro. <laughs> that nigga said, no, I'm the absolute bottom. You said, no, nah, you just the bottom. Just, <laughs> nah, just, just the bottom. No, I'm just the bottom. Brother. Hey, yes, yo. That's crazy. Yo, no, but yo, also, yo, self respect. Shout out to the bottoms, bro. For all the essential nigga. Shout out people cra- to people getting creative. Like, they getting creative with the insults. I love it. Right. Let's let, let a few people up. Y'all comment, man. Uh, but also, what Tony said, bro, if a nigga say no powers, niggas jumping to the moon, it's clearly a power.
5: A nigga crazy. jumped into space and they just said, Nah, that's no powers. I said, I have no idea dumbass nigga. how
4: hard it is when I specifically said, No powers,
5: straight hands. Nigga said, No power, straight hands. And niggas went, niggas started Pop saying, "Ah, oh, nah, Kid Buu has key. I said, bro, hey, what? hey,
3: hey, hey, hold on, hold on. I just want to point out the hypocriticalness that is Kadeem right now because he was definitely on the side saying Saitama would win. Okay, first he off. You definitely
5: did, nigga. You definitely did, nigga. Sick ass,
4: First off. Hold up. First off. No, you was I in racial chat room showing whoa, feet. Whoa, whoa. You were whoa. in racial chat room showing whoa. feet. Whoa. No, first off, Race no, I was not. Up. First off, no, I was not. Calm that shit down. Prove it. Second. Prove it. What do you mean, prove it? How the hell am I going to pro- prove, prove, prove that shit? <laughs> no, prove it. Prove <laughs> it.
5: When was he in
4: racial this? chat room showing
1: you feet? You can't prove you wasn't in racial chat room showing feet. How can you tell me you wasn't then, Kadeem Exactly. That's not very Christian of you. Y'all can kiss my ass. That's what
4: y'all can do. What would God <laughs> think? <laughs> that's, what, that's what y'all can do, right? Now. <laughs> can kiss my
3: what would God had. think?
4: Anyways, like I said, anyways,
3: like
4: I said, yes, I said Saitama because I was thinking of purely strength. Now, like these other fools, no but when me and Tony and Johnny spoke about furthermore... We had a civil conversation. And- we had a, civil conversation. Had a civil, conversation civil conversation about it, and when he laid out the brown rules, and yeah, MMA and UFC, like, okay, since you put it that way, cool. And I left it at that. But all hey. these other dudes,
5: there were... Oh, them other niggas was doubling down. They was doubling down. And niggas see the UFC on the fucking, on the trunks, each one of them. And all Yo, they were
3: Because it's not a question of who's stronger; it's the question of who has better techniques. Right, who's a better and technique and strengths are different. I of
4: strength. See, my mind, I was just thinking of strength. When he put it as in techniques, like okay, yeah, you're right, Baki. Because I'm just saying, it's one thing that people fail
1: to realize is that. All of this stupidity came from niggas with anime, PTR, and fucking profile pics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And <laughs> if you also look at what happened yesterday, when niggas posted photos, they had anime profile pics. These is the opinion <laughs> that we listen You got to connect the dots. Yo, yo, let the
3: sweaties audience. live.
1: Bro, hey,
3: niggas. Hey, y'all got to let the, the anime niggas, niggas, niggas live, yo. Let bro, the these niggas, niggas are, that was under that bro, bro live.
5: Bro, these <laughs> niggas is still arguing, though, bro. They are still arguing, up
3: God, Let line, them argue. Bro. Let them argue, bro. Let them argue in the void, man. No,
1: it's wild. <laughs> Get the arguments off because they are highly entertaining. And I read them like I don't Mm -hmm. nobody else do. I I was was reading all of
5: these niggas, bro. I was reading them, bro. A nigga, a nigga, twenty seven seconds ago said the answer's Vegeta. No,
3: (laughs) Mm, that's tough.
0: It was wild. People were saying all types of shit. They were saying, and here's the thing: like people were saying, like Luffy. And don't get me wrong, Luffy has some hands, but up against the people that are in that post, like, mm mm. Mm-mm.
4: What's saying, Luffy gonna do with an arm bar? And, and people It's were, gonna be Goku. And people were saying Luffy, cause, oh, Luffy's not, cause resists punches or whatnot. That's because of his devil fruit, you dump. Hey. No,
3: nah, what Luffy yeah. gonna do when he get hit with an arm bar?
5: You're <laughs> gonna die. And no, cause then niggas was telling me, oh, Epo washes. I said, the boxer only? Alright, bro. <laughs>
1: i right, sorry, bro. Hey, bro. I think, I think, I think I one
5: nigga think actually, think actually posed ultra a real ultra question. Is... Like, what? Niggas talking about ultra instinct when we're talking about real life.
1: There's no <laughs> real
5: life ultra instinct, nigga. Now
1: I'm already fighting for my life. I hate hey. it. Tony, remember your pressure, came. You're, <laughs> You're right. too up, bro. <laughs> You're
5: right. <laughs> hey, that pressure be going up, man. My no, bro, so I can't be doing that shit, bro.
3: The pressure is getting worse.
0: The pressure is getting worse. I hate it. Yeah, that post oh, yeah. was low key bad for my health. Man, shout out to, to me. Oh, The other me. one
1: that pissed me off was the Easter Kai joint. Oh yeah. Oh my, oh, my god. Oh, Yo, man. Y'all, y'all gonna stop trying to scapegoat Issacai for the lack <laughs> of originality or or somehow therefore because I don't believe anime is that unoriginal. I see mad original anime all the fucking time. A lot of I read a ton of cool shit every week. I can't even keep up with it, but niggas keep telling me that it's no original shit out there, and I'm like. Maybe you don't consume enough, or Talk maybe you you well, it's not. it's not most popular, but yeah, Tati, you raise your hand. I was
6: just gonna say, even though there are different ones now, like for a while, it was like a lot of like bland protagonists around a bunch of girls and easy pie. It was like that for a good five years, and that's a long time. It's a long time to keep getting the same dish, and yeah, like the other ones. That were different. We're on the outskirts, and now I think because you know now we're kind of tired of seeing the same thing. We're like, okay, they're switching it up a little bit more and stuff like that. Now it's getting a little bit more comedic, like the one with the person is a uh, vending machine. But we can't act like the genre wasn't oversaturated and dominating while being oversaturated for a while.
5: Now you're right. You're right, last I can't lie, because niggas always have like the random bland protagonist that has the same mm-hmm. color hair, the same shape of hair. Yeah. It's basically the same it. OP. Yeah, same yeah OP I also believe that
0: everything. with Isekai, I, I agree with Tati, especially when Isekai started to get a little bit more popular. I think with it getting popular, I think it kind of pushed mangakas to really be more unique with their Isekai. Because um, it was for, for a minute, like, kind of the same shit, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but to I that... think because it got so saturated... Um, they're just like, okay, we gotta do something that's more unique, so we do see that like uniqueness to Izekai now, but I agree with Tati, some of that shit, I was like, same yeah. nigga,
6: different hair color. And I think um. that um, it was also the antithesis to Moe anime, because early 2010s, you saw, it was always like an anime about four group of girls being silly, doing crazy stuff, being silly, or doing cute stuff. Mm -hmm. and there was so much moe anime they were like we need to counteract this so they counteracted with isekai and then they were like oh this is like selling like hotcakes then business was booming so then they started making more and they started making more they started making more because it was easy for everyone to self-insert and make money off of it but you know she got tired she got tired Mm -hmm.
3: hey but i just want to say this all right I get that it's you know they're more creative lanes, but all those creative lanes just look like they're filling out Mad Libs for a title. It's like insert protagonist, overpowered item, reincarnated in another world as insert item here. It's 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 tired, bro. It's tired. I can't believe I, mean, I got sick reincarnated of it.
6: as a right butt cheek.
3: Saying <laughs> what? That sounds
6: like
5: a vibe. Came you
6: watch. You're gonna see that in next season. You're gonna see that happen, and I want my royalties. I'm telling hey, you. And, and, oh, and you. guess who'll be
1: there to watch a butt cheek level up through twerking? Me, Brand. you, this guy. Um, but hey, man, we got Carl Jones here. Shout out, bro. Yes, sir, uh, yes What's sir? going on with you, man?
7: Yo, yo, what's good? And what's so?
0: hello, hello. What's
7: good with you?
1: We on us? Uh, a few questions, man. Um, welcome to analytical. Uh, just a few group of people, man, just talking about anime and other geek things. Uh, great to have you on here. For all the audience members that don't know, this man has done so much for the culture and the community. So you know? much. So That's a Bone Boondocks. And I could end the list right there. Just saying Boondocks would be enough most of the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. But then you got Black Dynamite, which is like a personal favorite. Like, mm. if you haven't seen the movie in the cartoon, you're missing out on a sweet part of life. And... We got things that didn't make it like hoodies and, and stuff that we will to talk about like that later. We got this man almost created a state property cartoon and that's questions we don't get into, but man, Carl Jones is a pillar of the fucking community. Shout out to him. Let's get some hand claps from the audience and everybody on stage. Right. Man. Mm. Definitely, man. Um like I said, I just try to snoop around so I don't ask the same kind of generic questions that you probably get in all your interviews. But uh, I want to start this off because I thought this was probably one of the dopest things I've heard.
7: That was supposed to be a state property cartoon with a baby beanie seagull? Oh man! Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you know, that was actually like my first job, I guess you can call it, <laughs> in animation. So um, yeah. I, so I kind of applied for this position, you know, I, I, I did a bunch of sketches because they were looking for, you know, a character designer and somebody that could just, you know, develop this cartoon. Um, I didn't know exactly all the details. All I all I knew was it was the state property crew. I had to draw the state property crew as babies, right? Um, and, this, you know, this was back when, you know, Rockefeller was still together, Jay-Z and Dame weren't beefing, and so I submitted these drawings, and you know they they flew me out to New York, and um yeah man. So the idea was uh, the cartoon was called the Playpen, and it was basically the Rockefeller crew as as babies in this daycare center that was more like a correctional facility, you know what I'm saying? So like so instead of nap time they had like lights out, you know, and the contraband was like cookies and shit. it was it was it was wild. But um, but the crazy thing was, so I'm I'm trying to develop, I'm trying to work on this, on this cartoon and design the characters and stuff. But I got to be in the studio with like Beanie Siegel and Petey Crack and, and Young Chris and all these guys. So I'm like literally s- sitting in the middle of, a st- and I'm sitting in the studio, right? I got my drawing table, um, on this on another table that is like filled with like Percocet, codeine syrup. Guns, banana clips, <laughs> saying like bullets and shit. Everything that you would expect from a Beanie
1: Siegel studio. Section.
7: Everything that you would expect, man. <laughs> Promethazine I everywhere, like, and it was crazy too, because like Beans would, like Beans would, you know, he would drink a big cup of something, and he would go in the booth and spit the craziest lyrics you ever heard. So I, I'm in there, you know, working or whatever, man, and um. And I, you know, I finished what I had. I'll tell you, actually a funny story about that. So, um, so Beanie Siegel was about to do One O Six in Park, right? And so he was like, "Yo, give me some drawings, cause I'm, you know, I'm gonna I'm I'm talk about the cartoon." So I was like, "Cool." So I gave him some drawings, and he went to One O Six in Park, and he was on there with Jay. It, it's still, you might be able to find it on YouTube, right? But he, so he's on, he's on the show with Jay, right? And, <laughs> and so Jay never seen any of the drawings yet, and I did. I did a, uh, a character of Jay-Z in, in the show. So, so Siegel whips out the book, and he's like, yo, I got a cartoon coming out. It's called The Playpen, da-da-da-da-da. And so everyone's looking. They're like, oh, man. And then Free said, is that, is that you, Jay? <laughs> and then Jay looked at the picture, and I guess he was offended <laughs> at the drawing. So I mean, like, maybe because it was live, right? So I, I say it had to be like 10 minutes later. I got a phone call. I mean, someone got a phone call in the office, and they came into they came into the room, and they told me, like, yo, Jay is pissed about his drawing. Like, you made his lips really crazy. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, they was like, you need to change it right now. <laughs> but the gag is, your lips is crazy, boy. What the? <laughs> so, yo, I quickly... It's Jay Z. What you gonna do? So I quickly like yeah, you're change, gonna change his the looks, bro. Right. I'm
1: changing that mode. That's right.
7: That's <laughs> right. But but uh, long story short, the cartoon never went anywhere because Beanie Siegel got arrested for attempted murder, so that killed the cartoon. All puns and pins. Yeah, I'll do it.
1: Yeah, that might do it. <laughs> so, I'm sad that the cartoon didn't get made, but at least the banana clips was efficiently prepared like he he knew the lifestyle he was living so that nigga was the quick, <laughs> you know you got it. shout out the preparation i guess man right um but also check back in on something else that didn't come to full fruition um it was hoodies and uh you spoke about a character named boogie and how you like subverting tropes with kind of him being a big hawking figure but also really more brains than bronze when um subverting figures now and stereotypes are there any ones that you're looking to uh, kind of play with in your next project
2: hmm
7: that's a good question um yeah i don't know man i just i just always i just always found it kind of odd like whenever i would watch cartoons or, or you see it mainly in cartoons but even in movies they always have like the, the most threatening guys like this big guy with muscles and his sleeves rolled up and, you know what I'm saying? And he's got this grimace on his face, whatever. or But, like, I, at least in my neighborhood coming up, it was the skinny niggas you had to really watch out for because, like, they was the ones, you know what I'm saying, that was usually more of a threat. Mm-hmm. You know? And and so, like, I don't know, like, so uh, some of those stereotypes didn't quite translate into our culture and so... I, whenever I had an opportunity, I would try to flip them or at least make it more authentic, you know. Um, and also, I I I think it's I don't know. It's just more interesting to be able to have people judge a book by its cover, only to be surprised that it's something else, you know. And and I feel like that that is uh, it, it, it's a it, it keeps people on their toes a little bit more. You you don't know what to expect, and I I think I don't know. That's a I think this it just makes for a better experience and. Um, and, and the other thing is, I, I don't even necessarily feel like you got to explain who characters are right away, you know. And that's something that, from my experience, a lot of studios, especially when you when you're creating black characters, they they have a, they have this, I don't know, there's this notion that we're like unlikable until proven likable. So they usually want you to spill everything about this character so that you can get emotionally invested in the person. Because they don't really feel like typically we'd have that kind of likability or universal appeal, which which is really weird to me, right? So I usually always push back and, and and try to create characters that have a little bit of mystery, a little bit of you know, this is a few question marks. There's some mystique, and and you know, and you you slowly begin to learn who they are over time, and 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 even that can change because like you know in real life like. The person that you knew twenty years ago is not necessarily the same person you know today, but you know these are these are sometimes obstacles that we got to get around as writers, because uh, you know Hollywood has a kind of cookie cutter approach sometimes sometimes to telling stories and creating characters.
1: Speaking of kind of Hollywood and kind of trying to box in the creative part of things. Were there any uh kind of ideas that y'all wanted to run by or put on the show for the boondocks of black dynamite that
7: the higher ups and the and execs were like, we're not letting that fly. <laughs> um yeah, well for the boondocks, um I don't know, man. Like the network usually gave us a lot of leeway, <laughs> as you could tell, right? They didn't they didn't really we didn't get a whole lot of notes from Adult Swim. We in the beginning we 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 got a few from Sony, right? Um, Cause they were, you know, they were also partners and, and, um, you know, we pushed back a lot of times and we would get the support of the network and we would usually get it through. But um, the one that we did get pushed back from, and it still ended up airing, but we still caught a lot of flack was, was the Tyler Perry episode, I think. And we were, it wasn't called the Tyler Perry episode, but I guess, you know, everybody knows it was Tyler Perry. So, um, but, but in the beginning, when we first had the character looking, it, the character's name is Winston Jerome in the show, but we first, when we first, you know, had this idea to do it, it looked exactly like Tyler Perry, and his name was Tyler Perry, and the network said, "You got to be out of your fucking
2: mind." <laughs> like,
7: <laughs> so, there's no way, there's no way you can do that, right? So do we you we're like, "All right,
1: Tyler's going to do it once he sees this." And they should <laughs> exactly. let y'all
7: on. But, you know, you know, but we it, but that's the thing, man, like a lot of this stuff like we were doing in, in this in a, in a bubble, man, like we was kind of disconnected from a lot of shit, really, like not really knowing the impact or like how people would perceive stuff. We were just trying to make each other laugh and do stuff that we thought was cool. And and so anyways, we ended up changing the design so, he, so that he didn't look anything like Tyler. And then we since we couldn't call him Tyler, we actually found out that that wasn't his real name. So we we got his real name and we called the character his real name. You got that character. nigga government. We got government. Nah, <laughs> bro. No
2: way. Oh, no. Shit.
7: but but hold on, but hold on, hold on. We got his government right, and and we and the, the script went into the network. They signed off on him. We was like, yes, yo. When I say I say about like two or three weeks later, they caught on. Somebody at the network knew. That that was his real name. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yo. Wow. Nah, so- y'all, y'all snuck <laughs> past him. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, that so that's when we got, the, we got the real, real phone call. Like, yo, no bullshit around. Like, do not fuck around with Tyler. Like, do, don't. Just don't. Don't. So we got as close as we could. But the thing about it is, even when it aired, he still got really, really mad. And he called the network and told them they better not ever air that shit again. And they didn't. You know, um that was that was that was the the big one. Obviously, you know, the B T we did a BET episode that got taken off the air too. But the one thing I do remember, um, we had this one episode where, where we were uh Ed and Rummy were gonna were gonna kidnap Oprah, right? And and this was this was a weird note because usually we get like legal notes or standard and standards and practices notes, right, from from Sony. Yeah. And, Oprah, yeah. It. So so um so Sony basically we, we got we got the word that we could not kidnap Oprah and we didn't know why because it wasn't a legal note and it wasn't a standards and practice issue. So we did a call with them and they were like, look, we don't really have to give you an explanation. Just know someone high, high up at Sony has given this message that you cannot kidnap Oprah. So we were like, all right, cool. Right. So then. So we had Oprah in the episode. And then she didn't get kidnapped. But then they said you can't even show Oprah. We can't even see her. We can't show Oprah. God damn. Yeah. So so when you look at the episode, because you know in the episode they ended up kidnapping Maya Angelou on accident. You know, on accident. But there was a scene where they're like they're like scouting the bookstores looking for Oprah, and we had to put people in front of the, the of the cameras like strategically, so you never really saw Oprah. And then and then when I thought about it, right. Later, I thought about it, because I know Dave Chappelle did a sketch about Oprah, too. And and if you remember, if you ever seen that sketch, you never saw Oprah in that sketch either. It, it, she, she's, like, yeah. untouchable. Like
1: <laughs> Oprah got that yeah. voice yeah. behind her. The, the implication you can actually yeah. kidnap Maya Angelou on TV, but you can't even show Oprah. Nope. Are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, can't Oprah you, Oprah you, you can probably show different. the president, nigga.
5: Right.
3: Hey, Oprah too rich. She not going.
5: You could do the president of Oprah, nah, nigga,
1: that's off the limits,
5: bro. I'm sorry.
1: Seen that episode of Baki where that man farmer showed up and made George Bush look like pee on himself. Funny you as hell. No Oprah. <laughs> but Oprah, nigga. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> hey, I, guess who you ain't seen in Baki? Oprah.
7: Hilarious. Or Tyler. Right. <laughs> or Tyler. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's
7: a different level of pull. Mm-hmm. Oh man.
1: Um, I did want to talk about these visualizers that you just did. Um, you work with Megan, who is an anime fan, uh, an industry darling, just an all around just ph- phenomenal. and you said that you put together eighteen visualizers in ten days. Like how's that plan
7: and process didn't even work to get that work done? Bro, that was the craziest shit ever' Because, you know it, it was so, so let me so let me let me let me tell you how this all came about first. So I, uh, damn. Let me see how much I don't know how much I guess. I'll just say this: we we were developing something together, right? Um, you know, Megan and I. And then she just happened to mention that she was working on an album. I mean, she was about to drop an album, and she and she wanted to. Uh, she wanted to do an anim- some animation for her for a music video, right? The first was a music video, which we did. It just hasn't come out yet. Okay. And then after we did a music video, she loved it so much and she loved the the character that was in the video so much that so she was like, "Yo, can y'all do, you know, some um some visualizers?" So we were like, "Cool. When do you need it by?" Uh next I think it was like it was like a week and a half or something. We like, "Yo, okay. Um I mean, it's Meg. Like what you going to do, right?" So we we really really like Bro, it, it was crazy. I can't even describe, like, it, it, we, because the other thing was, you know, she sent us the music, and we had the songs, but we had no idea, like, what she wanted to see, you know? And, and, you know, she's busy. She's trying to, you know, she's about to promote an album. She's, you know, about to do shows, and she got a lot of stuff going on at the time, so it was like we didn't really have a whole lot of, like, input, so I, I, she just trusted me to just do what I wanted to do, and and literally, I swear to you, the night that the album dropped, we were uploading the videos onto YouTube, <laughs> like like it was like like at the same like we were literally just uploading songs like I mean up- uploading the visualizer straight to the straight to the YouTube channel. It was crazy. It was like like at the last second. Oh no, that's not.
1: One thing that I did see about the visualizer is that. <clears throat> the attention to detail and you went into um, the pivotal decision in my in my own regard of whether or not you'll have one of the visualizers twerking or whining, which has been a discussion amongst the community for as long as twerking and whining has existed and I'm pro both, but you decided to go with whining and you also wanted to make sure that all of the nuances and the movements were correct. And and it actually embody what you were trying, Megan's spirit in the in the real person. When you're looking right. to kind of create that authenticity, um, kind of first, why is it so important? And then also, has it ever hindered the actual process of getting something made?
7: Oh man, yeah. That, I mean, it hinders the process all the time. I mean, this is why the Boondocks was, you know over budgeted about 1.5 million dollars every season and we were over schedule <laughs> and we you know um you know we we didn't uh we, it was hard for us to stay on schedule because there were so many cultural nuances and, and so many you know very specific things that we we needed in the show in order for it to really resonate with the culture it, it, it was it was problem it was a problem man because like you know for i mean first of all there's not a lot of diversity in animation it's not a secret like there's not there's not a lot of animation studios that um have a lot of, you know, black artists or or just people that just understand this culture especially cuz it was kind of a like a subculture really. You know, like it was it was really really specific and so it was tough, man, translating a lot of this stuff. So we ended up hiring some um some studios overseas. Uh now I know that sounds crazy cuz now there's even a there's a cultural and, langu- and language barrier, but but part of the reason why we did it is because there also wasn't a whole lot of artists domestically that understood anime. You know what I mean? So, like, you had these really talented animators and storyboard artists and character designers coming out of CalArts, but, but they were being trained to do more traditional animation. You know what I'm saying? And so, we ended up going to Japan and Korea to get the the, the anime, the, the authentic anime look, right? Uh, and aesthetic, or if you want to call it. Um, but we still had the problem with them understanding the culture and translating it was was it was a beast, man. So what I ended up having to do is I literally we literally would just film me acting out every single scene so that they understood how how we how we walked, how we talked, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there was there were certain jokes that just wouldn't land. Like if a pimp named Slickback, you know, like if you it, the lines that he's saying, they have to be said a certain like the the body language is important to to communicate who he is. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I think those, those, that attention to detail is why it resonated with the culture so much because it felt authentic. Like it didn't feel like somebody was trying to do something that we could relate to. You knew it was somebody that you could relate to who made it, you know, because you know what I mean? So, um, I, so even, even with the Meg stuff, I, I, I think, you know, I mean, she's, she deserves that same kind of um in, in, intention behind the work that we do with her, you know? Like she she's I mean, she's real and authentic. Also, she's a huge anime head, like I mean like hardcore, <laughs> you know, um, which was dope to me. And and I, I, I so I definitely wanted to do something that she she could be proud of and and I I definitely wanted it to, to to, you know, to resonate with the culture the same way. So I try to get it as, you know. As authentic as possible um and i think I think the reason why we went with more of a wine for that particular song is just because it was a little more i don't know it was kind of you know smooth and sexy, so you know you wanted something that something you know what I mean something that visually communicated what what we' what, what we're hearing sonically you know definitely
1: that's I'm what saying. Like. that's so dope that
7: is awesome man.
1: I'm going to keep asking questions if none of my co-hosts got any but I do want to get them time to ask some questions right now.
0: Glad you said that Brandon um so <laughs> 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 hey Carl so my question and I don't know if it's real or not so I'm going to ask it so I don't know if you've seen this but there is that one part in Boondocks where Riley um, is fighting Lady Esmeralda Um, And it keeps getting paired up with that fight from Orochimaru and Sasuke that is bar for bar. So I'm curious, can you confirm, is that actually a thing or is that just a coincidence?
7: Yeah, you know what? It it, it is a thing. But I'm going to say this. Um, Well, first, I got to give this disclaimer because I made a mistake in an interview I did like a couple weeks ago. And um and I think I credited his son, Kim for doing that, and he he got at me. He was like, "That was not me." <laughs> he's like, "Yo," he's like, "You got you know you, you know." He's like, "That wasn't me," and, and and it wasn't him. It was it was um, it was another board artist that I don't even want to give his name. But honestly, at the time when I saw it, I remember I was thinking to myself like. Because, you know, after a while, you see, I mean, I'm looking at scene, after. I'm looking at, you know, three, four hundred, I mean, some some episodes, 500 scenes, right? And we're, you know, we're, we're looking at tons and tons of storyboards and character designs, we're working around the clock. A lot of times, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like I knew it looked familiar, but I, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't quite put my finger on it at the time. I was just like, man, this looks dope, but I feel like I've seen this before. And um, so anyways, time passed. The show made it on the air and one day I think I was on Twitter and I saw somebody that paired them up and I was like, yo, (laughs) I said, man, that is crazy. It's crazy that it even made the air like that, you know, but um, but yeah, I but we didn't know, you know, I mean, we didn't know.
0: I ain't gonna hold you, because at, at that point I was watching Toonami, waiting for Adult Swim to come on. I remember seeing Naruto, watching it all the time, and then watching Boondocks and Adult Swim, and I was just like, hey, yo! Yo, what the fuck? Yo! <laughs> like, I, mean, I was like, oh, man, this is so amazing! I can't believe they did that! So, whether it was the plan or not, you, you really influenced a lot of uh, Black anime fans with that, so...
7: Oh, thank you. Well, well, let me let me say this, too. I just in, in that in that artist's defense. Right. I it's kind of hard for people to it's kind of hard for people to understand. Like and I'm not and I'm look, I'm not justifying what he did, but it's kind of hard for people to understand it without realizing the whole entire context of it. Right. Because like when you're especially as, as a board artist on that show, you know, it was. A lot it was a lot of work it was a lot of pressure like we were literally working around the clock and and you know i always tell people you know we were making 22 minute movies you know the scale of our shows was really we were doing feature we were doing feature level animated episode of adult sitcoms you know which is which is unheard of so the budget that we had would be like a budget that you would really need for like the Simpsons or Family Guy or something mm-hmm. like that, and, and not, and not to, that's not to discredit, but you know what I mean. It's a different kind of show, you know. And, and what we needed to do, the budget just wasn't wasn't enough to do what we needed to do. So a lot of these artists, man, they, I mean, they busted their ass, and and we were, you know, I I, I came from like that boondock school was 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 rough, man. Like Aaron Magruder, you know, like one of one of the things that one of the things I, I appreciate about him, but also just became kind of like. I don't know it became it, sometimes it, 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 you know his his um attention to detail and and his high, his high bar or expectation for quality can sometimes make the show unproducible unfortunately but but it did make the show what it was you know what I'm saying it wouldn't mm-hmm. be what it was if he if it wasn't that attention to detail because it, it, there were times where like I remember one time when they uh one when, when they designed the Huey's tree the artist had, had designed Huey's tree and we and, and he and I like literally, I remember we used, to, we used to go like driving around LA, like taking pictures of clouds or we would like, you know what I'm saying, or, or looking for like a specific kind of tree, you know, that, that Huey would have. And, and like, that's the kind of, you know, thought that went into it. But I remember one time, you know, I, show, I, was look, I was showing Aaron the tree and he was like, he looked at it real close and he was like, he's like, these leaves, they, they look like they're cloned. Like, like someone's using a Photoshop. <laughs> it was a Photoshop tool, and I was like, "Yeah, probably." You know, I mean, they got a lot of backgrounds to do, and and he just like went off. He was like, "No one is to ever, ever clone a leaf on this show." He's <laughs> <It's> like, "He's <laughs> like, I don't ever want to see a cloned leaf on this show." So I literally would have to go through every one of these backgrounds and make sure they didn't use that that clone tool because he would flip out. You know what I'm saying? And that, mm-hmm. and, that and that became, but that became you know as and this was like this was early on when i like i first started but from that point on you know that was the culture there you know so when i so when i started you know overseeing everything i, I you know i was basically like responsible for making sure that that level of quality was met cuz that's you know that's that's that was the bar and i and 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 so i'm saying that to say there was a lot of pressure put on these artists man there was a lot of artists that got fired there was a lot of directors that got fired I mean, it was overseas studio. Like every season, we was with a different overseas studio because they was getting fired. Like it was crazy, <laughs> you know. So, um, so I could imagine that they were they were in a position where, like, maybe they was you know running behind. They were a little behind on their scenes, and they were like, "Fuck it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going, I'm just going to copy this, you know." And and that's I think that's how it happens, you know. Very much, yeah.
0: Because um, we definitely appreciate it. I I want to speak for the whole <laughs> black community, but for me over here. Definitely appreciate it. So I think my next question, uh, you're going to have to reach back in your childhood bag, but I personally Uh want to know, (laughs) I personally want to know, when was that moment where you were just like, no, I want to do this shit for real. Like, I really want to produce some shit for the community.
7: Um, Hmm. Well, I think the, the moment that I, when I, honestly, when I saw Star Wars for the first time, and that was uh, that was in a movie. That was my first experience in a movie theater, and it was it was it was it blew my mind. It was like it was it was just ins- like I didn't even I couldn't even fully even take understand what I was looking at. It was just so because you know, first of all, just for a kid going to a movie theater for the first time, you know, let alone seeing some shit like Star Wars, you know. And I'm looking I'm looking at these these like these X-wing fighters and Tie fighters. It was just crazy, and I'm just like. Um I left that movie theater. I know I knew when I left that movie theater. I didn't know what exactly I was going to do with my life, but I knew it had to be something like that. Like I knew I had to create something that made people feel like how I felt when I was in that movie theater. And I didn't know exactly how or what it would be, but I also I also did I, at at an early age I did also pay attention to the fact that I didn't see many people that looked like me on or in cartoons. You know, because I was a I was a Saturday morning, you know, sitting in front of the TV with a big bowl of cereal, you know, kid, right? And so I watched everything from, you know, from Hanna Barbera to Warner Brothers to the MGM, you know, stuff. Like I, I watched all of it, and and I didn't see anybody look like me except for Mr. T. That was a Mr. T. Cartoon, but it, uh, <laughs> but outside of that, you know, I, I didn't see it. And and so there was this, I think, this thing that was kind of turning inside of me that that felt like. We needed to see more representation, but you know, it, it, it didn't really dawn on me until I got older that I actually could possibly make some change in that regard, right? And, and um, and I think when it, the moment I did begin to really think there was a possibility, you know, I I I, 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 I think that's when I I uh, I made up my mind to like pack up everything and and, and you know move to L.A. and, and, and see it and see what I could do. You know, but, but I will say this, too. It, it's not even just like this part. Part of it is about seeing us represented. But also the other thing is just having creating a pathway for unique stories to be told, period, from many different points, um, perspectives and, and, and walks of life. You know, I think I think it's just been such a male, a white male dominated um, industry for so long. You know what I mean? And And there hasn't really been. You know, I mean, there's there's been some changes. I think, I think, I think lately is you know it's get getting getting a little better, and but I but I still feel like there's a lot, there's just still a lot more room to to grow. You know?
0: Yeah, I feel that very much. I think everyone has that moment of like sitting in front of the TV with a big West bowl of cereal. You know what I'm saying? You're like, damn, where is somebody that look like me though, for real? But you definitely did that. So I guess a next question is. Who's your favorite character from all the work that you have done? Like, who can you say is like this is my favorite character? I love putting this person on the screen. Yeah.
7: Mm. Man, that's a that's a tough one. I I might have to say. Um, oh man, I don't know. That's that's tough. I Black Dynamite is is is. M- I might want to say Black Dynamite. That boy cooking with the grease. Come on! Yeah, I man, might I might say Black Dynamite because you you know why? Because like there's something really dope about just like the the dichotomy of a character like that, right? Like where he's like, you know what I mean? Like he he's somewhat of a uh, he you know because he, he kind of has like a um, he's a superhero in, in in the in the community. But he also runs like a like a brothel, you know what I mean? And it's kind of interesting to see like this like ass kicking superhero that also is like, you know what I mean? Like is also somewhat like a pimp, you know? And and so it's I don't know, yeah, he's like a super pimp, right? So and because I remember when when we first um when 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 we were working on the pilot, it's funny because um I had a I had a call with Adult Swim and, and um the executive at the time, uh, Nick Weidenfeld, he was like, I think we had this scene where like Black Dynamite was like cursing out some orphans and then he like kicked one of them across the, like over the building or something. It was something crazy, right? And they were like, <laughs> and they were like, you know, he's just coming off as really unlikable. <laughs> it was like, like, why would he talk to kids like that? And I said, well, that's just who he is. I, I said, when you think about, you know, characters like Bernie Mac, for example, right? Like he viewed children as terrorists and he says he don't negotiate with terrorists, you know, like that, that's the, and and I think the reason why like a character like that really resonated with people is because sometimes people do feel like busting their kid in the head to the, to the white meat. Like he used to say, like, like there's a, you know what I mean? Like there's like, like it's almost like black dynamite would do or say things that we can't do in real life, but wish we could. And I, (laughs) so I, I, I don't know that, that, that always made him like a really special character to me. And, um, and um, I don't know. He's fun, and then Michael Jai White brings like just genius to that character. Like it, it's it just make it just turns him into something that I, I've never really seen before, you know, on on, on TV. So yeah,
0: yeah, Black <laughs> Black Dynamite. Oh man, oh man. I think okay. So to me, I'm a little starstruck because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe we got Carl Choenshows in your YouTube. So my question, <laughs> another question is. When was there a moment where you were starstruck and was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm in the room with this person?
7: Oh, um, when I saw Stan Lee at the bank. What? I saw Stan Lee at the bank and I was I was standing behind him. It's funny because at first I didn't I didn't I didn't know that um, I didn't know that he was he was Stan Lee. Right. So I'm, I'm in the bank and then I heard his voice. I heard him say, oh, thank you. And he turns around. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I was, and I, I think I literally said that. And he was like, "Hey, how are you?" And I was like, "Uh, good."
3: <laughs> yo, I'd have been. That's crazy. I'd have been geeking. Like, I'm not gonna I'd, lie. I'd have I'd been be going geeking.
1: Crazy
7: man. Yeah, I'm like, yo, let me let me cast my little uh, my little my little boondocks check.
1: Hey, Stan, Stan, how, how you about doing, to man? Say that you know the check Stan Lee was dropping
7: off was nuts. Nah.
1: Right. Demonic type checks, <laughs> boy.
7: Yeah. Oh man, I could only imagine. You know, the Brinks truck in the back. Hey,
1: bro, that, that dude, the Brinks voice was selling like man, that so was that hot
4: Bro, you insane. The, the fact that he walks sandwich. into the
0: bank, he just walks into the bank like a normal ass. <laughs> just walk him in there. You know what I'm saying? That's
7: crazy. <laughs> That's
2: crazy. Yeah.
7: That that was probably the only the other the other time I think um, well anytime we worked with Sam Jackson it was I think I was still in awe you know I mean he, this, first of all and I never seen this before with a voiceover actor like he came in with his lines memorized you know what I'm saying like and, and that might not mean anything to anybody but like if you if you now know that what, boy's serious
4: oh
5: no Yo, that means
7: a lot that means a lot it's it's the crazy like I, it was like I don't know it was like I, like I never seen that before. You know what I'm saying? Not not to that. Because you got you know, especially when we're doing, I don't know how many lines he had, but he had a lot of lines. You know what I'm saying? And um, he, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story too. We were uh, <laughs> we were recording Sam. It was a scene where um, <clears throat> where him and Charlie Murphy were robbing a bank, right? And so typically we don't give him any direction, right? It's just Sam Jackson. You just you get what you get, and it's usually gold. So there was one line he read and, and the voiceover director, Andrea Romano, she says, she's a sweet white lady. She was like, she's like, um, Mr. Jackson, um, can we get one more line read? But uh, could you just slow it down a little bit? And he was like, how many banks have you robbed? She was like, Exc- excuse me? He said, I said, <laughs> how many banks have you robbed? <laughs> she was like, um, um, none, none, Mr. Jackson. He said, well, when you're robbing a bank, you want to sense the urgency in your voice. Now let's keep going. I was like, god! <laughs> damn!
0: <laughs>
4: yo! I probably
0: would have been scared a little bit. You know
4: what I mean? That's, solid I'm so- what? that's a
5: solid question,
7: though. He's Ayo. like, "Have you robbed the bank?" You don't say that shit slow. Yeah, go fast, <laughs> right? And then, and then I kind of took that like he has robbed the bank before. <laughs> <It's the> way- <laughs> really? Absolutely, That nigga
5: speaks.
3: I don't know why, but, but he'll never hit,
1: he said it in the exact same cadence from both things Like, is he a <laughs> bitch, brother? Why'd you try to fuck him like? what Fuck him
7: like what? <laughs> Yo, but he he was he's dope, man. He, and I remember um, when we did Black Dynamite, <clears throat> I seen him at at Tip Mouse. He was he came in for some other project. And uh, he was kind of mad at me. I, I didn't understand because, you know, because first of all, I'm thinking, I mean, we got him on the boondocks, but I'm like, what are the chances that, you know, we're gonna get Sam for everything I do? I, I didn't even think to try to get him for Black Dynamite. But he was like, he said, "Man, I'm I'm mad at you." He said, "You didn't even call me for Black Dynamite." I was like, I didn't know that was a that was a, a actual possibility. He was like, "Yeah, all right." He said, "If I don't get that phone call, I called." We called him the next day, and and we created a role. For him. So, uh, he, so he's dope, man. Like he he really really enjoys this stuff because you know some there's I mean it's obviously people like him like he don't need the money, he don't need the job. So if he's doing it, he's doing it because he really fucks with us. You know what I'm saying? So that meant a lot, you know. Yo, shout out to Samuel Jackson because he crushed the That's the fuck.
3: All right, I guess uh, I got you on the questions next. Um, all right, let's go. So um, I know that you've like you're responsible for like a lot of the stuff that you know. We, as Brandon said earlier, pillars of the black community, um, and you've got a lot in the pipeline now that you have your own animation studio. But I want to know what continues to inspire you to keep doing what you're doing.
7: Hmm. Um. People. People inspire me. I, I'm, you know, from, from a, a creative standpoint, but also just, you know, I like to tell stories that reach people, you know, make people happy and make people laugh and also open up people's eyes to seeing the world through different perspectives. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like writing characters that come from sometimes, you know, places that are maybe unfavorable. Unfavorable, you know what I mean, or, or or characters, or taking certain characters and stereotypes that you know you 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 typically would see, you know, people be afraid of or or not or not want to touch or stay away from, and and challenge myself to like find the humanity in in not not even necessarily in the, in the characters, but finding a way to have the audience find within themselves their own humanity to connect with characters that aren't like them, you know, because that's that's sometimes the problem. You know, we we a lot of times studios and networks they'll push you um, to like you know, I guess kind of filter some of these personalities or these characters through a, through a white gaze, you know what I'm saying, or through a lens that that makes makes this makes a character maybe not so threatening or or like like I said, the term they use is likable. So a lot of times I I like that challenge of 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 you know still showing still showing how these 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 are still human stories that we're telling no matter what background no matter who they are or where they come from cuz we all at the end of the day you know what I'm saying like underneath it all we're, we're all human beings and we relate to each other on a human level and that's the thing that's really dope to me so so I that that inspires me um the most and the other thing that really inspires me is web3 you know um that's honestly this this has been discovering web and i'm not sure how familiar everyone in here is is with web 3 and nfts but you know that understanding the understanding the real the real purpose of the space and 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 really studying the the ecosystem and realizing like how powerful this can be as a tool for creatives but also but also a way for for all people to actually have some ownership over their digital identity and, and their creations and their stories. And also, you know, the plat- their platforms, the platforms that we're on is really, really exciting to me. And I don't, I don't want to get too winded on this topic because I can, but when you think about, but when you think about, you know, how much data and culture we bring to social media platforms, right? From TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. We don't have any stake in any of these platforms. And it's, it's almost like to some degree, it's, it's, it's kind of like data mining, right? Or strip mining where they're like taking all of this culture that we're bringing. Because Twitter wouldn't be, none of these platforms would be anything without the culture, without what we bring to it. The entertainment value that we bring. The reason why people come and check every day is to see what the people are bringing to the table. But we have no equity in it. We have no we have no ownership. You know what I'm saying? And, and the information is basically, you know, being sold to giant corporations that are finding more sophisticated ways to sell this shit. So that, that to me is kind of crazy. And then at any point in time, you can lose your page. You can, you know, even if you have an app on, 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 uh, on Apple, that can be snatched off without your say because you don't have any stake in the platform. So I think Web3, learning about the, the power of Web3 and, 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 and NFTs and, and um, launching this project, Bubble Goose Ballers, that I'm extremely bullish about, it, it really gives me a clear path for the future and to know that we can build a more, you know, um, I'll say we can we can we can build a company like a Disney or Pixar that actually allows people to participate, you know, what I'm saying in the building of it and have equity and ownership in it as well. And because I, I and I and I, I I'll, I'll end on this because I always I always tell people the Boondocks and Black Dynamite, everything I've done, but primarily the Boondocks, since it's kind of landed the most with the culture. It would never have been what it was without the without the fan support, without the community. If the people didn't if the people didn't come out and really support the way that the way that y'all have, it wouldn't be what it is. You know what I'm saying? So why why shouldn't the people that help build it into the brand that it is, why shouldn't they participate financially and also be able to um have 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 equity in the platform that's actually sustaining it? You know, so so this is this is why I'm extremely excited about the direction that entertainment is going in, and how Web three can actually like change the entire paradigm of entertainment.
3: Man, that's so dope. Um. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. My next question. Um. Yeah. So we're just gonna get through a few more questions, and then we're gonna bring people up to, uh, I guess, feel some questions your way, throw some questions your way. Um. My cool. next question is, um, so what what led to your breaking into the industry and uh, like what was that for you like and uh how what was the moment when you realized that you that you made it essentially
7: mm. um i I never wanna realize I made it you know that that's a uh that that's one of those things where like <laughs> I feel like as soon as I as soon as I begin to think like that that's where I believe the creativity kind of starts to stop or die a little bit. And the reason why I say that is because you know, I'm in love with the process. And and I know people say that, but I I mean it in a real way. Like, you know, there's no real destination outside of just making cool shit with cool people that make that people that people like. You know, and and if I'm doing that every day, or no matter even if it's on a small scale, if I'm doing that then, then, then I guess you know, you could say you know I've, I've made it, you know. But um, I, I, I think it started for me honestly, um, as a kid, you know, in living in Fayetteville, <laughs> you know, um, in this tiny little room, you know, what I'm saying drawing pictures on a piece of paper and dreaming, and dreaming that one day I could do this for a living, you know, and. And I, you know, I grew up during the crack crack epidemic and there was a lot of craziness going around in my neighborhood. And I was, I, I mean, I was losing friends left and right. I had, I had a friend that was, you know, shot and killed at a McDonald's I Had another kid was like thrown off a bridge. We, you know, someone was like set on fire at a gas station. Like, I mean, it was crazy. Like, it was like a really wild time. It sounds like a movie when I talk about, it, you know, but when you're in it, it just doesn't it doesn't seem like it's just, you know, it's just that's what it is. Right. But like. When 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 you when I got a little older and, I, you know, left and started to, you know, see the world, you know, move around and start talking to people about some of my experiences and you realize that that shit is not normal at all. You know, so there wasn't there wasn't a lot of um, shining examples around me or any or any real like. I don't know, like like hope necessarily, but I always had this kind of internal thing where like I, I would escape through my drawing and and writing and creating, you know, it's like, there was just this thing inside of me that, 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 you know, it was like, I don't know. It's like, I think, I think the, I think me dreaming about where I wanted to be helped me just to deal with where I actually was, you know, and I never let it go. It's always been like a something that I think um, actually like magnetically attracted the right circumstances and situations for me to be here because I was so focused on what I wanted to do that's all I did you know what I'm saying like I mean I put it to you like this you know as a kid like my my closet was if you open the closet door you, it would be like an avalanche of paper falling because like I would just fill up stacks of paper and just like toss them in the closet or put them in boxes my mother started... at the while she ran out of space but she would just you know keep all my drawings in boxes um and uh and you know and I was also like study I was a student you know so I would I was I was getting comic strips from I would try to find comic strips from anywhere that I could and I would cut them out and I would I would take my mother's photo albums and rip all the photos out and put my com- favorite comic strips in them and I would stack them in my room and like you know what I'm saying like like these are the things like I was like obsessed with with cartooning and comics and animation and 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 I've always just been that way you know so I I, I feel like a lot of that focus and 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 you know, and the you know, combined with the dreaming and, and wanting to change my own circumstances, and not end up like a lot of, you know, the people that I saw around me, and and you know, it, it that was like driving me to to do something different, you know.
3: Man, I love that. All right, my last question is, um, if you could give advice to somebody who was in a young Carl Jones's position, what would you? What would what advice would you give them to motivate them to keep doing what they're doing?
7: Um, I, I I try not to uh, I try not to give too much like like actual like like step by step advice or or, or, or or you know like process type of advice because I if any advice I would tell people not to necessarily listen to other people's advice like I I would only the only thing I will say is just be very vivid and not vague about where you want to be and what you want to do, you know? Because I do believe it all starts with a mental picture. But I believe that everybody's path is different. Everybody's story is different. Everyone's experience is different. We're, we're different genetically, mentally, spiritually. We're all very different, right? So, you know, what worked for me may not necessarily work for everyone. But what I will say is the one universal thing that I do believe kind of is, is, is an asset to everybody is being vivid about what, what we want and where we want to be. You know, I think if you can visualize it, if you can dream it, then it, it can become a reality, you know, and and that's, I don't know, like that's really where it starts. Some Someone told me a story um about Walt Disney where like he had took a whole bunch of people to this vacant lot and, and he was just like, yo, this is going to be Disneyland. He's like, there's going to be a castle over here and there's going to be this there and you know what I'm saying? Some people dressed in mouse costumes and like he was describing this whole thing that he saw in his head and. And Pence, you know, some people just thought he was nuts. You know what I'm saying, and and didn't take it serious. But but he could see it, and I think if you could see it, it could it can become a reality. So that that's the one thing I would say.
5: No, that's fine. That's fine. that's as shit.
7: Yo, I love that man. That's mm-hmm.
1: awesome. Hey, hey, Brand, you got any more questions? Oh yeah, I got a few more, and then we are gonna get some people up on the stage. All right, once All right. All right. All right. you done with your questions, I got one final question to ask, man. All right, great, man. So back in the day, um, kind of coming up, you said things got a little crazy and I know that you um I don't know if you ever been done one of the bigger bootleggers for movies. <laughs> and you had an incident with one of what I consider a classic, Flubber. And this was just a wild story. Can you walk us through this?
7: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I um yeah, I used to sell a lot of bootleg shit when, <laughs> when I, at, at one time, like I, I was uh, mainly movies, but you know, I was, I was like, I was selling watches and mixtapes and you know, music, everything, right? Um, I was, I, I kind of became like, like the, the Tony Montana of like bootleg movies and shit in my, in my area. So, Carl always been about a bag. I went. To always. A bag. That's, um, a bag. that's a fact. Always. Carl a, always been you, about That's the bar. But yo, you, but you know, it's funny. I didn't, and I didn't realize this until later, but. I was getting movies as such a fat... Because movies was dropping like every week, right? And so I would literally like re-up like every week or every two weeks. And so I was pitching movies that I didn't even have time to watch. So a lot of times I would have to either look at the cover or I would have to read the back. And I would quickly have to put a pitch together. So when I'm going out in the street and selling the movies that I knew... you know, Say so I knew how to pitch a movie. Never knowing I would need that skill really, you know? But like once I because once I, you know, moved out to L.A. and started working in Hollywood, I found myself like I was like, yo, I know how to pitch already. (laughs) You know, I've been kind of doing this, you know. So anyways. um, So, yeah. So now one night, the story he's talking about. (laughs) It's funny you even know about that. But I I do. I sometimes forget what I be saying. But like I did. um, There was one night where. we used to set up in the back of the like behind the projects. There was this is North Carolina in uh, Greensboro, but, and, you know. So there was this like convenience store that was like right behind the projects, and um, and so it was like it was pretty, you know. It was like popping at night, like everybody came through there, and uh, especially like around two or three in the morning when the clubs let out. Like it was like really packed. People would hang out. So I was out there, um, uh, me and my boy um, Hood and this other this other uh, dude named T.O., who. Who was selling clothes. So he had a van set up across the street with the clothes. I had my van set up right by the gas station with with it, with a little table and, and, and my movies. And it was a guy that walked up. He um he came he came from over in the projects. He was like, Yo, I got this movie, man. He said, but um he said, Man, me and my daughter we was watching it, and like, you know, somebody like got up and walked in front of the screen. And I was like, Well, it was a flubber movie, by the way. And I was like, Well, when you go to real movie theater. And somebody gets up to go get some popcorn and walks in front of you, you can't get your money back. So I thought that was pretty clever, actually, you know. And he didn't, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but he but so he but he gave me this weird look, right? A- actually, actually, what happened was my um, my boy T.O. kind of saw there was like a little bit of commotion or whatever because we started going back and forth, and so like you know he came over and kind of like. You know he kept something on him. So like he was, you know, just wanted to make it known, right? And so the guy left, right? Typically in a situation like that, you should leave too. But I didn't because I had to make money. So I stayed there. <laughs> and I'm in, I'm standing in front of my van in front of the table with all my movies, and I see this car roll up into the gas station, and it's a bunch of niggas in the car. And the and the and the guy in the passenger seat, he has his right arm down and his left arm on the window on the on the edge of the window, which I thought was strange. And I didn't recognize him from a distance. But as he got closer, I knew what it was. So I grabbed my boy hood. I was like, yo, get down. And and shots rang out like he he basically shot up the entire van, all like he shot the glass out of my van and um and you he go, sped off. Yeah. And so, and, he, and, he, <laughs> and he And he sped off, right? Oh, I'm sorry. And, and so my boy, my boy Hood was like, "Yo, let's go get them niggas." I was like, "You go get them." <laughs> he said let's.
2: Who's we? Why are you speaking French? Do you understand
1: the that Flubber almost took the Boondocks from us?
7: Man, it, why? <laughs> well, well,
1: here's
7: what. But here's what's funny. So, I, so after that, right? I, I remember I went home. And I, was, I was still shook. So I went home and I was sitting on the edge of the bed, and I was just like man, I, gotta, I got to, this shit got to change. He's <laughs> like, I can't, I can't keep doing, like I had a real moment, it was a real moment, man, where I was really like thinking about how the fuck am I going to transition out of this shit, you know, and get and stop doing this. It, it, it wasn't like, and, you know, for me at the time, I was thinking it's not like, you know, I'm, I ain't selling crack, so like, you know, I, I don't know, it didn't seem like that kind of thing could happen. <laughs> but, um, but because it did, it really it it triggered something in me man so from that point it became a mission you know what i'm saying like it became a mission like to to you know to to pursue my dreams finally and and so i did eventually you know nah, that's dope
1: man um, love it yeah i'm gonna stop asking questions cuz we got mad people
5: requesting I, got, us. I just got one question i just got one question so it's you versus an animal of your choice. What full size animal do you think you can beat up in a fight?
3: Oh, what the hell! <laughs> hey, it's a great personality question you try to gauge. it, You know?
7: Oh man, what animal could I beat up in a fight?
3: A full size
5: animal, mind you. It can't a be the run. The run. It can't be a runt of the litter. It gotta be a full size
7: animal. Man, I don't fight animals. I'm vegan, man. I don't fight animals.
2: <laughs> I I I
4: respect.
5: I respect. All right. we we for niggas up ask any questions, man. All right, man. Um, <laughs> we will I'm gonna start, let start off. know caller
1: busy, man. So we gonna keep it to yeah. one question, ladies and gentlemen. We to right, start, start with older. people. Then we gonna give callers night back, man. Because I don't know what time zone again in, but it be, it's getting late out here. Absolutely. On the west coast. Hey, so it's it suns
4: out, nigga. Be out here. <laughs> yeah, <all the>
1: <laughs> Can you
3: guys hear me? Absolute, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right, we'll um, Let uh, Johan go first, real quick.
2: I, I yeah, oh, you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: That, that was an order. Okay. Um. Hey, thanks for showing
5: up. I appreciate everything you said. Um, I have a question. My, so my question is: How did did you ever struggle or have anyone challenge when you were trying to be true to yourself with your art and your craft when you were creating the Boondogs and Black Dynamite, or just like even your earlier years? Like, did you struggle mm-hmm. with like anyone trying to challenge you?
7: Oh, all, all the time. I I still do, I still do, man. I mean, look, this this is uh, you know what? I actually do got a piece of advice. <laughs> I do got a piece of advice, and that is to have some really, really, really thick skin, cause, bruh, I, I, I mean it's, and it's, you know what's funny? It's not even, it's not even so much as sometimes it's creative, right? But it's a lot of politics, right? So you, you, you got to navigate a lot of politics. So you, it's not good enough for you to be an artist and a writer. Like you got to really know how to move, you know, because these, every whatever, whatever. Uh, sometimes i won't, I'm not gonna say all the time, but a lot of times what people are saying is not what they really think and feel and i'm not used to, i I was not ever used to dealing with that <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i i you know i, I, I you know because it's and it's weird because it's not necessary a lot of times like you could you know the person could just be honest with you and you can have a real dialogue, but because a lot of people in this industry they operate from a place of fear right so they're usually afraid to tell you something that you might be uncomfortable with so so instead of telling you the truth so you can have a real conversation about it, you know they'll still continue to let you go down a path that they're not that they're not in agreement with until it's too late and then they blame you for not doing it right you know and so it's a it's a very weird thing and sometimes it's even hard to put into words until you experience it but I will say I'm constantly constantly um you know fighting fighting every step of the way man when it was you know because I'm, I'm all when it comes to the art and, and the integrity of what we're doing and the stories we're telling it, it's always a fight I, I just give you i can't you know i can't say a whole lot right but I, i'll say i'll say um you know like there was a project that I was on recently and you know there was a, it was a show about a black family and the black family was um Living in certain circumstances, and this is this was you know this was the show that they this is the show that they wanted, but instead of focusing on instead of focusing on the fact that they were maybe you know living living in the in the projects, I decided to to do something a little different, right? To do um, something that was a little closer to like a Rick and Morty or um, you know a little more fantastical, more heightened. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't have to always anchor everything, in. we broke, or we don't got the money, or we, you know what I'm saying? So I wanted to just make that kind of something that played in the background, but make the real, but but take the stories into some more like you know cartoony weird the places. Um, then I was asked to ground it. You know, I was asked to ground the show because it, it, this is, and this is really hard for sometimes for people to wrap their head around, but especially when it's a comedy. But it sometimes it's hard for them to see, you know, black characters, you know, in <laughs> it's, you know, it, like, like you don't. Do you, how many, how many Harry Potters do you see that's in, in Harlem? You don't see, you don't see any. You don't see E.T. come to Crenshaw. No, you don't. You don't see. You don't see any magic, or, or very rarely do you see sci-fi or any of these things. Unless you, unless you watch, even in anime, right? There's not a whole lot of, you know, black characters in anime either. So it's just very, it's very hard to to bring those worlds together and have people understand how there's an audience for it. So that's always something that I'm pushing back against because I'm like, yo, I don't, we're doing animation. So the shit shouldn't be grounded. That's why it's a, it's animated. <laughs> like, you know, and, and so I'm constantly trying to show people that, you know what I mean? Like you can, you can, you can do stuff outside of the, the normal trauma porn and the, in the, in the, the low brow jokes, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you, you, you're always, I, I, I think that's, that's the only thing that I think consistently I fight to, to, to get across. And, um, there's others, but, but, um, you know, this, the, the, the other part of it is, is usually just political. It's usually just, you know, <laughs> dealing, dealing with people that don't know how to communicate, you know, honestly, <laughs> I'll just say that. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to talk about too. You know why? Because even when you, even when you, like, like for that show, I ended up being removed from the show. And then, you know, when you, when you when you, you know, you leave a show or or you or you get removed from a show, then you know, they make you sign stuff where you can't even talk about it because they know they're wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like it's, it's a really tough thing to to deal with because you you'd like to. Put people on game and let them know like this is what you're dealing with, but then you can't say anything because you'll get sued. Sick, so you gotta have you gotta bro. have some thick skin, bro. <laughs>
1: hey, make sure y'all keep, me y- <laughs> keep me y'all keeping y'all shields up, man. Whenever niggas give y'all that criticism, y'all roll with them punches and keep on moving to y'all own. <laughs> no to one, one own. to hold them. No one to, <laughs> hey. to walk they away. Move, they moving different out here,
7: but oh. Man, this, this, this should have turned into a therapy session quick. <laughs> 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 that's so a fact. Hey, man, that's
1: what we're here for, man. It's for the community.
7: Always <laughs> for the community.
1: Uh, what's going on, uh, Brother Carl? How you
5: feeling?
7: I'm feeling good, man. How are you?
5: I apologize for the noise in the background. I'm at the gym for usual. Everyone knows I'm always here. My question for you, you kind of just touched on the question in your last answer, but if you can really dive even deeper... Um, you talk about falling in love with the process, and I feel like you know, shout out to the Sixers. You have to trust the process,
4: but you also love your product and deal with politics. So, how do you order, or how do you wear all these hats so you can continue to effectively push Pete?
7: I don't wear all these hats and continue to do what? To push Pete, push it Pete. It was a urban reference I just made. Push Pete. Oh, 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 hilarious! I got you. Appreciate that. <laughs> I got you. Um, I mean, look, it's it's tough, man. You know, I mean, I I, I don't I don't know how really, but I I do feel like the thing that just that just kind of keeps me going, man, honestly, at the end of the day is 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 thinking about the fact that I could be potentially doing something that can contribute towards a legacy. And and what I mean by that is like, you know, like if if it was just about me, like if it was just about me being happy with a show that I wanted to do or me getting my way to tell the story the way that I want. You know, I mean that's not something that is going to make me necessarily fight every day for every little thing. But when I think about what I stand to to how I can move the needle for the entire culture, right? And how I can move the needle, you know, and maybe make some changes with the entire paradigm of Hollywood, that's what gets me the most excited, right? So I'm willing to wear whatever hats I need to wear in order to really create more freedom for people, you know what I'm saying? And and creatives, because, you know, just think about it like this, man. Like, you have a, you, you have a great idea for a show or a movie, and you decide that, you know, you want to take it to Hollywood and you want to pitch it. And most of us are really, really passionate about the our, our craft, or we're passionate about these stories and these worlds that we're in. You know, even as fans of anime and stuff like that, we, you know, we, we're passionate about all this shit. So we you get an opportunity to create a show, you're just happy and excited that you'll be able to turn your dream into a reality and people will be able to see it. So you sign your soul away, right? Because when you when you, you sign these contracts and you no longer you no longer own the the intellectual property that you created, right? And there's also clauses in these contracts that will allow them to remove you if you're doing things that they don't necessarily agree with, right? So and and on top of that, there's even other, there's like, you know, there's corporate interest involved. You know, they have a certain direction that I remember I was, I was, I was trying to set up this show with 50 cent at Fox. And, um, I remember the executives, we were kind of going back and forth with some issues about the show or whatever. And one executive said, you know, at the end of the day, the show has to sell the American dream. And I was just like, Hmm. I said, all of them do. And they said, yes. And I said, well, this show is more about the American dream that was sold. And they and and, and they looked at each other, right? <laughs> and then we, we ended up, uh, the, the meeting got cut really short, right? And so I'm in the elevator, going, I'm going down the elevator with my producing partners for the show, and they're all like, uh, they're like, yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> you know, you, you can't, you can't, you, you, you know, you just have to, you just have to take their notes and you just got to, you just got to do it, right? And I'm like, but why? <laughs> You know, why do we just have to do it? I said, because if we all just do it, like, what do we, What I don't even, like, why are we, what is the point of telling a story that we don't believe in? You know, and I said, if we're just doing it to sell peanut butter, like, I don't know that this is something I want to do. You know, that's, that's where I was at at the time. But then I thought, well, maybe I can work myself, work my way up within the industry and then find a way to try to turn the tables later. You know what I'm saying? When I had a little bit more power and a little bit more, a little bit more clout. You know what I mean? And it's still a challenge. Honestly, I was having a conversation with with um, with Seth MacFarlane because we were we were working on on that the project that I was talking about earlier. He he and I were, were were both on that project together. And I remember I called him one day because I was just like really frustrated. I was like, "Yo, I don't know what to do, man." You know, like he loved the script that I wrote and we loved the, the creative direction that I was going in, and and it, and it was really and he felt like it was closer to even to the family guy brand in terms brand in terms of like how wild and crazy the show was. And he was like, he was like, yo, listen, he said, I'm still dealing with that shit. <laughs> he was like, on the, he's like, I'm producing a show right now where I'm going through it with them. And he said, and, and and this is a guy with you know family guy success. And so I was just like, damn, this like there's got to be, it just has to be another way to do this, you know? And 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 I, again, I, I you know I keep I keep going back to Web three because that was when I fully realized. That's when I had I had the real epiphany and the, the realization that this is going to change the entire landscape of entertainment if we do it right. You know what I'm saying? If we if we do this right and we prove to the world that it works, it will change everything and it will give creatives the the um the creative freedom, but also the, the, the ownership of the IP and the ability to share that ownership with people that are also involved with building, building the brands and the worlds that we create. So like that is, we can't gloss over that because that's such a huge, that's very, that's a, that's, that, is, that is what makes me, this is what I was working towards, not even knowing that I was working towards it in the beginning, this is what I've been working towards my whole career. Is this point in time where we're able to truly create some real freedom for people, and so that we don't have to continue continuously compromise our own integrity. And 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 the other, the last thing I'll say because I can get winded on this topic, but the last, hey, thing I'll say, preach, what, but the last thing I'll say is this: you know, you when you do sell that idea, right? They own that idea in perpetuity from 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 here to Mars. They own it. Is, and you, you can't even go to another planet and set up that show if you wanted to because you signed it away and so you, so you got these, you got these studios that are now sitting on a bank of IP that they own right that they can keep revamping or, or putting out and streaming right Meanwhile you're not getting any residuals you're not getting any royalties off of it right you're, you're, you don't own it anymore and you can't even use anything from it to do something else with it either. And then you got to go out and try to sell another show. Come up with another idea and go through the same process over and over and over again. And I've been doing it for a while. And I got, like right now, I mean, I, you know, I still got some, I'm still, you know, I still got projects that are out there in the more traditional way of doing things, right? But the, go- but the goal is to position, position not only me, but the community that we have right now with, with Bubble Goose Ballers so that we can be, you know what I'm saying, the change that we want to see. Right. And then and then kind of set set a new standard and, and create a new paradigm for other for other creatives to now come come you know be a part of us and build. So like if you have an idea now, we ain't gotta go through all the red tape and the bullshit because it's even hard to get into those meetings when you have an idea, to get into a room to pitch the show to Netflix. Like unless you know you got a gazillion followers or you're a celebrity or you produced shows before, it's hard to even get in you can't even get in the room with them to even talk about your idea. And then when you do pitch an idea. You know, I'm just saying if, even if you are successful enough in, get, in, in selling your soul to them, it's even hard for you to even get to a place where they would even take you serious and green light a show. You know, and so 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 now I know what it takes to create a successful show. I know what it takes to to start with an idea that may not be fully fleshed out, but I can help you build it into something that will work. And then we can we can figure out a way to 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 create to, to you know, to to flesh it out. Create a community around it. Explore, you know, different ways to introduce these these characters in, in this IP to the world before even going over to Hollywood. You know? Um, but like I said, I don't want to take up too much time on that. So oh,
1: I, I appreciate the answer, and I'll just leave off on this. All, all I need is one word, and it's
5: my calling card, and it'll get you a drink at DreamCon if you answer it correctly. Do you put sugar on
7: yogurts? <laughs> I do not. You know what? First drink on me, my brother. I'll see
1: you well. All right, all right. Fuck <laughs> oh, your shit, bad, bad, man. Spit um, right. that, Oh, we We gonna put y'all down. We appreciate y'all too, both. So we gonna start with Mastermind.
7: What's your question?
6: First of all, how are you today, Mister Jones? Hope you're doing well.
7: I am doing well. How are you?
0: Very good. Thank you for asking. So. Just to give a small backstory before I get to my question. I have a friend who is recently starting to, to. she has been working on this manga series that she's been doing for quite a while. And I wanted to see if I could help her in a way when it comes to marketing to get her work out there. So the question I have for you today is, how should one go about self-marketing their brand or rather their series to other people for them to know about the series but also try to get it into I guess bigger productions to I guess the higher ups in this case
7: yeah um I I just I always tell people um the best tool that we have right now honestly is is digital is social media you know like that is that is the best way to broadcast anything that you want to do or say you know and so I I would say if if and it depends on where she wants to wants to go. Like like you know, like if the end goal is to to actually create a manga, right? If that's the end goal, then I would say, you know, release it digitally first. And 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 look, you can always you can always um you know, you can always uh, uh distribute it in a way where like you know you're piece you're piecing the story together, maybe dropping a page or two every week every couple of weeks and and just try to drum up as much energy around around it as you can and and I think it just takes like really being creative you know because because I mean if you think about it right I mean marketing today is really content itself like content marketing is probably the the best way of marketing is is the actual content itself it's not like you know like you don't you don't need big advertising dollars you just need you just need to be you just need to to be very creative and, 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 and tap. And, and if you're, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if what you're creating, if it really taps into the culture and, and it catches on, then it's, you'll, you'll have those metrics to show that you can sell books. So think about it this way. You know, if you, if you start building a real file, like you create an Instagram page or a Twitter page and you start getting some momentum, right. All, of those, all those followers and those views and the analytics that you gather from that, that means something today in, in today's publishing world. And, and I mean, to, to, to everyone, really, you know, because you can take those metrics and say, hey, based on this, you know, if I was to put out a book, I know already that I have, you know, this amount of eyeballs watching and these amount of people that are coming back to watch it again, you know, so there's obviously something here and that could be, you know, a way to get your book published. But then again, you can always self-publish too. You know, it's just maybe a little harder, but um, I mean, look, nowadays, I mean, do you even really need, unless you're just doing it for the novelty of it, like to have like an actual hard, like a you know, like a paperback book, you know, because sometimes you know that is really cool, like that, because I'm you know, I like comic books, so I like I like actually having like a real physical, tangible comic in my hand, but um, but all but I mean, but you but you know, what's it's still an ex- you can still give people the same experience um in the in the digital world, you know um or, or at least you can reach more people i'll say that without having to print up a bunch of books and find uh the right distributor for you cuz that that's also like a tough a tough sometimes it's a, it's a tough thing to crack into as well like you know what i mean like um but that's a that's a whole other thing but i i would just i would just start there and and if there's even an the opportunity to um you know think about reaching out to some of the um, other manga artists or, or creatives that you know, and see if they'll want to do like a, like a cover or do some type of collaboration, like like just just really exhaust like all your options and your resources, you know, in the digital space. And, and, and I mean, look, I, I, you know, it's funny, Issa, I remember Issa Rae, I, um, one time I checked, I checked my, because my, my, I hardly checked my DMs, but I, I, uh, Issa Ray a long time ago, when she did Aqua Black Girl, she had sent me a DM and, you know, she was asking about, like, how she could possibly turn it into, like, an animated series. So this is way before all of, you know, Insecure and everything like that. And I saw, like, she was hustling, you know. And I, I didn't see the vision back then, so I, I didn't, uh, it's stupid me, I guess, <laughs> see the opportunity that was there. But, but, um, but I just remember seeing, that, like, she was hustling. You know what I'm saying? Like, she built that brand from the ground up and and there's nothing there's nothing that feels better than that you know what i'm saying when you can build it from the ground up and and you know the power that you have even outside of how you know the the you know what i'm saying the distribution of mechanisms so that's what i would say
1: thank you very insightful well hi we on you bro
7: yo what's up it's man um
5: thank you so much for coming out to the podcast and hanging and kicking it with us. I'm a huge fan.
1: Um, I just had one question. Um, so in your creations, what was
5: the most heartfelt scene for you? What was the, what was the, um, scene that made you emotional? That had like you know you just like were so emotional, it was maybe either um, something that like you know made you tear up or anything like that in Black
1: Dynamite because Black Dynamite is one of my all time favorites.
7: Um. Wow. Uh. Man, I I would say um the, this rich we did a Richard Pryor episode, right? And that episode was like really really special to me because. Number 1, I'm a huge fan of Richard Pryor, but number 2, it it came from a real story. Um, which a lot of our episodes came from real stories. Like I I could I mean I could name a bunch of them, but like this one in particular, um, so I heard this story about Richard uh, you know, Richard was trying to form this production company and I think it was called Indigo Films or something like that. And um, he he wanted to basically like He wanted to change Hollywood. Like he wanted to start this like black production company that would give you know black people like their own you know MGM or whatever, right? And so like he he um he he threw this party, and 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 from the story I heard, right, like he he kind of like stopped everything and announced to people that he was going to start this company called Indigo, and people started laughing, right? And he was like, "No, I'm serious. It's going to be like like a black production company, movie film company." Da 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 da. And people were still laughing, and um. And and from what I heard, like he was so hurt by the fact that no one even took him serious that he didn't even, you know, he didn't even follow through with it. And 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 um so when I heard that story, I was thinking to myself, man, like what if Richard Pryor cause Richard because Richard, I mean, he's funny as a storyteller, but he's also a true he like he tells the truth. You know what I'm saying? And I was thinking like, what if what I pitched to the room was like, what if Richard didn't want to be laughed at like what if richard pryor was actually like wanted to be like malcolm x but like people but he's got this like gift of making people laugh that's become almost like a like a like a curse in a way right so so and how does he deal with that reality that he'll he'll never be able to really like have the kind of impact of, of a malcolm x and change the world because he's so fucking funny. And and so I thought like, well, what if that is the thing that's like driving him to like do, you know, cocaine and, and everything else. And so like that's where that whole story came from. So so there was a scene when um him and black dynamite are in jail, and black dynamite is like holding him in his arms like a baby. And like Richard is having like a real moment with him where he's telling where he's basically saying that, you know. He was like, When you talk, people people listen, you know, because you're black dynamite, like black dynamite kicked some niggas ass. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, He's like, he said, but with me, he said, people just laugh, you know. And he's like, and I got something to say. He said, I know how to cut through the bullshit, and and I don't know, like it was a, I don't know, like I always, I don't know that that was a that was an episode that really uh, was kind of kind of heartfelt for for me, you know, from from at least from Black Dynamite. Thank you so much. Shout out Shout to out
1: you, to man. Yeah, man. Right, we to pitch out all no, down. We gonna bring out the next two people real quick. And these will be oh, our yeah. last three questions of the night. FGB accepts. <laughs> uh, Mel, we're on you first, bro. Let's
2: what's go, cool, what's cool,
4: uh, I us What's up, everybody? I did have time to speak, but I'm finna walk out the door now. So I'm just gonna say shout-out to Animalytical. Uh, shout-out to Carl. This has been a great-ass interview, and I will holler at all y'all niggas later. Oh, right, thank
7: you, right, you, bro. You, see, you, bro.
2: Appreciate it, FGB. What's good? Cool, what's good, everybody? What's going? Cool? on?
5: What's oh. good, man? How you doing, bro?
2: I'm like, I'm chilling. I just seen that Super Mario shit. That was wavy. Hey, i talk about it, bro. Nah, but let's get back to the interview, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nah. Uh, so, Mr. Jones, um, as someone who is working on a comic book, or let me make this more general. I guess just being somebody who is young and has an idea and something that you know they're really passionate about their working towards and you know for the most part it's you know they're in the beginning stage like most of it you know is in their head but they have you know it all mapped out but you know they're just beginning they don't really know where to go they don't really have no connections no true sense of direction like what steps should you be taking in the very beginning
7: um are you a, you a writer and an artist
2: oh uh, no just a writer
7: You're right. Okay. Um, I think what is what's important is for you to be as loud as possible, right, Um, on the internet. And I think even if it's not even if it's not a comic book, I think it's about your point of view. At the end of the day, right, you have you know you have a device in your hand, right, that will allow you to speak to many people every single day, and you should take full advantage of that. And and that and and the reason why I say it's about your point of view because if you if you're consistent with your point of view you're going to get you're going to you're going to gain traction if the point of view is unique and as a writer one thing I would encourage you to do just to think about as a writer is how do you differentiate your voice from everyone else because it's daunting when you think about the internet because there's so many motherfuckers on the internet <laughs> there's so many people that are going to judge your shit and there's so many people that do what you do right so i know it's kind of daunting and it's overwhelming when you think about how the fuck am I going to put myself out on YouTube let's say and make enough noise for anyone to give a fuck about what I got to say well the challenge is you finding the most unique perspective that you possibly can so what what is it's, it's kind of like what we do in a writers room um and I don't know if you if you've been in a writers room before but the the way I, the way the way I run my room is like somebody pitches an idea right and um and i don't care who the idea comes from it it could it could be an assistant it could be a pa it could be every, everyone's on an equal plane in the writers room i just want to mention that i think that's important for creativity cuz i don't i think having a hierarchy in the in the writers room is weird cuz it creates weird energy like people don't feel comfortable with saying shit cuz you you know someone you know what i mean but anyways if you're in a writers room and you're pitching ideas somebody has um maybe just an experience like they 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 went to at a, they went to eat at a restaurant something happened right they put it on the table right and then we start the the goal is to keep is to flip that idea turn it upside down, rotate it around turn it inside out do everything that you possibly can with that idea until you get it to a place where the perspective is 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 really really unique right like whatever it is that you want to say about that story is now from a point of view that is is unlike anything else that's been out there already. That's 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 been said or done. And and that's what you got to do with your own writing, right? So when you so when you have your, the first idea that you usually have, the the, the biggest problem I think happens with, with a lot of young writers is they have an idea and they fall in love with their first idea. <laughs> this is dope, right? And then they try to go out with it and people don't think the same way. And that's because usually the first idea is not your best idea. Like you wanna, you wanna, you now you got to really spend some time with it. You know, and this is, and this is how I think you start to really nurture your skills as a writer when you can, you can, and, and, it, and, it, and it'll take less and less time the more you do it. In the beginning, it might take you a couple of days to, to flip that idea around until you find it, but then you do it enough. It's almost like exercising. So now you'll be able to just hear something and immediately get and see it from another angle that no one's looking at it from. And that, and when you're able to do that, I say, man, use every platform that you have, right? And, and make, Even if it's just you talking to camera, you know, just just get your point of view out there. So then anything that you put out from that point, like once you start to actually do it consistently and you start to you start to get some momentum, anything that you put out, whether it's a comic book, if it's animation, if it's if it's if it's live action, if it's a if it's a comic strip, whatever it is, people are going to tune in because they're coming to hear your point of view. You know, so I, so I would I would I would just really focus on that and make sure that it is it, it's, it's sharp and, and it's different. You know, like when the Chappelle show, and I, and I see this all the time, even with the Boondocks. A lot of people would say, "Man, like what? Man, if the Boondocks was around now, what would they have to say about this? What would they have to say about that? I wonder what they would." You know, they're thinking that because they knew we were the places you go to for a very specific point of view. It's the same way with Chappelle show. You know, it's like like you know when you go to Chappelle show, it's like you're getting a certain thing, you're getting a certain perspective. That only the Chappelle Show would do, you know. So you gotta, you gotta really, especially now, because there's so, there's so much stuff out there. That it, and and the one thing to remember, just to give you a little bit of encouragement, even about that, is that nobody is you, right? Not not one person on the planet is like you. Went through your experiences and can see the world from your eyes. So you do already have an advantage that you have a unique experience. So man, really, really tap into that experience. And the people you ain't got to create no characters. I, t- I tell people this all the time. Like you ain't got to create characters. There's niggas around you. There's people around you. That are in your family. There's friends. You know what I'm saying? Like draw from real life because nine times out of ten, that is going to be the best shit that you could ever. There's there's people I know right now in my life that I couldn't even I couldn't even write a character better than these motherfuckers. Like like <laughs> I know we all do. We know people that's like yo I couldn't even imagine this nigga. Like <laughs> this is so this is a different person. And so like pull from pull from that. And I know that's not exactly what you were asking, but I just want to I just want to I just want to I just want re- to emphasize that because, you know, sometimes it gets a little overlooked, you know, by by writers like we we, we just try to go right to the product. But really, really folk, I, I think I think putting more fo- putting focus on that and then and then just, you know, attacking the Internet like with a with a with a passion.
2: Could I? Is it okay if I respond to two points or yes, 2 follow-up questions? All right. Um, so what you were saying, talking about my point of view, my perspective, should I be approaching this with like almost like selling myself first, and like introducing people to me first, and then drawing them in that way, or?
7: Well, well, you are your point of view. So, so it kind of happens mm, by default. The bar. Yeah.
2: Copy, copy, copy. And you said, you mentioned writer's room. Nah, that I said, I'm not going to hold you. You mentioned writer's room, so you're around other people in, you know, in your field, other writers that, you know, you trust, you trust their creativity and stuff like that. Me, I'm just, I'm dolo, I'm by myself. So, where would you be going to find these people, to build this community, this rapport with these people? Where are you where are you finding these people to, you know, build this sort of thing, this machine that you had working?
7: Well, well, you know, that's just—I mean, the writers' room is a is a uh, like that's a um, what do you call it? Like a uh, that's kind of a, a a a gift, right? Like to have a writers' room to have people to bounce stuff off of, and 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 we, you know, usually if you're doing a TV show, that's that's what you have. But but let me tell you, there's many, 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 many nights where I am staring at a blank computer screen and expected to fill up 30 pages by my damn self about something that I don't even know how I like I don't even know how I'm going to do it you know and it is and it is it is sometimes overwhelming right or 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 it's like you know there's an anxiety I think that all writers have you know when you, when you're looking at that blank screen man it's it's rough you know what I'm saying and there's nobody there to help you when you got to write a script on your own but what I, what I usually try to do, right, is if I ever find myself, like, not really being able to tap into, to, you know, to that reservoir of creativity, I just close the computer and, and, and start talking to people or go somewhere and do something. Because cause sometimes, you know, people, people, people like to say, um, what do you call it, like a, a writer's block or whatever. Like, they, they say, like, when you have writer's block and you just can't think of shit. But, but I, I think it's just because you kind of you just tapped out the tank like you got to get some new experiences sometimes you know what i'm saying you you got to go you got to go find some inspiration and 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 when you when you like like you should spend some time writing and you should spend some time some time living so that you have shit to write about and then and then usually you'll have stuff to pull from the other thing i do is when i'm I, just in real life when i'm doing stuff and i could just be in a store or stand in line and i see something funny i think of something funny and i put it in my phone you know or I write it down in my sketchbook and i try to keep like jokes and characters and storylines and ideas, just in the, in the cut. Like, just so when I am in in front of that computer sometimes, and I feel a little tapped out, I could just go, you know, go to those folders and look and look for stuff. And sometimes, and you know, you know, the other thing I do, man. Sometimes I just I look at. This might sound crazy, but I, I read comment sections on, on on like on like Twitter and Instagram, and and the comment sections are way more entertaining than the fucking post. Like. Like there's some brilliant, brilliant writers in the comment sections of some of these, uh, you know, vlog sites and stuff. So like, I sometimes I'll just go in there, and it'll be enough to get me going, you know. Um, but I, and I don't know if that helps, but I I, w- I would just say like, really, man, it, it pull from life, you know, pull from life. And if you do need somebody, you know, to um to to bounce some bounce ideas off of, I mean, it it does help to have like a you know like a small team of creatives that you trust. You know, but 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 if you don't think about just use your Instagram page as a as a way to listen, you can put stuff out and then you can even say, What do y'all think? Just as a you know, as a just as a as an example. Like you could say, yo, such and such happened. I think it's this, but what do y'all think? Right? Or whatever. Get direct feedback and engagement on your social media pages. You know what I'm saying? That is your writer's
2: room. No that's real. Thank you, I appreciate
7: it Yeah, no problem
5: All right, then our last person is going to be My boy Jahad You got a question, gang? Can you hear us?
7: Yeah, uh, I'm at work So, I'm going to just keep this first Uh,
5: uh, Oh, that boy clocked in Man, all this overnight shit Yeah, it's killing me But, um, Mr. Jones, I really want to appreciate you And I appreciate Animalitical for You know, bringing you on here I really appreciate your time Uh, I'm pretty sure someone said this question before, but uh, might not have heard uh, how do you stay confident in the work that you do regardless if it's animation or just anything in your life how do you stay confident and I'm in a period of my life where it's hard for me to stay confident in or just focus in the things that I'm doing or to get it. so
7: hmm Yeah, I mean, it's tough, bro. I I I think. I mean, look. I I, in some in some ways, I do I do feel like sometimes having a lack of confidence in your abilities is can be a way to motivate you to get better. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like I think when people get overconfident or feel like they reached a point. Where they where they've got shit figured out and they're on top of their game and everything they do is gold and that's when usually, you know, you, you stop yourself or stump yourself from being able to grow and, and get better, you know. But at the same time, I understand the, like the spirit behind the question, which is really like, how do you stay motivated to continue to go for, move forward if you feel like you're kind of on a treadmill sometimes, right? And um and and I've been there. I I, I, I trust me, bro. I've been there and I've been. I've been working. I work every kind of nigga. I was a janitor. I, I I was a I was a ba- I worked in a bakery third shift making like bread and donuts and shit like that. Oh for, like, for like a oh grocery God. store, you know what I'm saying? And 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 the whole time, the whole time when I was doing these these kind of jobs, you know, I would come home and I would spend time on the drawing table. I would spend time, you know, writing and and just craft and 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 working on my craft, you know and part of it is is to get better, yes, but also part of it is just to keep fueling your dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to keep, make sure every single day you're doing something to move yourself closer to what that dream is. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, and, 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 I, and I'll tell you this too. I, when I first, when I first tried to, at first I was trying to get on as a comic book artist, right? And so I went to, <laughs> there's a comic book convention in Charlotte, North Carolina, right, called Heroes. And I went to this convention for the first time. And, and yo, and mind you, I'm coming from a place where everybody around me was like, you good, you draw so well, yo, you're so dope, da, da 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 But I ain't never been around like real niggas that draw, like for real, for real. <laughs> you know, so like I I go, I, 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 have my portfolio, I was working on that shit for weeks. I had my, my comic book pages samples together and I put them, I had even, I had a little leather um uh, portfolio case and I walked in there proud as hell. And I stood in line to meet Brian Stelfreeze. I don't know if y'all know who Brian Stelfreeze is. But um, he's, a, he's a really dope artist. And, and so he was doing a portfolio review. And I stood in a long ass line for hours. And then when I got in front of him, I opened that shit up. And he tore that shit apart. Nigga, he, I mean, every single page, he was like, what is this? What does this mean? What are you trying to say? That anatomy is bad. This is—I don't even know what this. Is. I mean, like, he ripped that shit apart, bro. And then, and then, I had like one. I had, I had, because I had like three stories, three different comic book stories. That, and the last story was—it was a cow and chicken. Yeah, I think it was like it was cow and chicken uh, uh, pages that I did. It was, you know, because I was, because I like, because I always, I liked the cartoony stuff, but I also liked the, the, you know, more traditional like Marvel stuff too. I was kind of like caught between two worlds. So when he saw that, he was like, hmm. He's like, you know what? You might actually have a better career in animation. And and he was like, as a matter of fact, he said, you know, there's, there's a Cartoon Network booth right there, and they have, you know, they do comics too. Maybe you can, you know, I, um, go over there and ask for, uh, I think it was Linda Siminski was the woman's name. And 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 I went over there, and she looked at my she looked at my cow and chicken pages. We exchanged information, and I thought, okay, well, maybe this is just a different avenue I should take. So I reached out to her, and then she ended up like leaving the company, and so nothing happened. But but the point the point of that story is just that like, you know, I I had to I had to pivot because my whole up to that point I was gonna be a comic book artist. I just knew it. You know what I'm saying? But then when I saw I I had to I had to be realistic too. I was like, well, maybe maybe that's not my lane. You know what I'm saying? And so I I, I made a pivot and I started refocusing my energy and thinking about you know how. To work my way into animation instead you know um so I, I I just I just I just know that you're gonna you're gonna have obstacles you're gonna have you know people that don't maybe agree with what you're doing or like what you're doing and maybe even like shit on your work you know what I'm saying but I think at the end of the day and this is and this is something that you just can't really teach is you gotta have that burning desire inside of you bro really you know what I'm saying like because if, if you you because you can always make adjustments and pivot and work on your craft to be better. But there's a lot of artists that don't have necessarily the talent, right? But they got the drive and the ambition and they made it into the industry. Cause I, I've I met a lot of people with a lot of talent that haven't done anything with their, with, with their career. You know you know what I'm saying? And, and it's because they don't have that same ambition, but, but that ambition can make up for 50% of, of, of a lack of talent, you know? And I'm not saying you have like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like, that ambition is important bro and and look it hit, hit me if you want i mean i don't know um follow follow me on on twitter and if you got if there's anything that you want like if you want to like share some of your work with me or or you know like i I I I you know i can look at your, your your stuff and maybe you know give some um some feedback if you want or see if there's any any uh any opportunities
1: Hey, hey, and I'm gonna protect your DMs call. That don't mean everybody and they aren't start DMing, and <laughs> okay. call. That means hard That means your hard, bro. Don't you're hard, bro. <laughs> like don't hey, this is a busy man. Don't do his DMs like that. Don't abuse <laughs> them DMs. Y'all Y'all crazy.
7: <laughs> I appreciate you, Mr. Jones. Right, appreciate you too, bro.
1: All right, back, back, man. That was the last question. Um mm-hmm what kind of right. thing like what do you got working on like just like leave us uh kind what's of
7: in like,
1: what's in the pipeline what's in the pipeline
7: yeah yeah um I, I i can't share a whole lot but i um i i can just say that um um just deve- doing a lot of development so like i'm developing a, a project at, at, at amazon i got a, a another project i'm developing with fox and um I got a, another project I'm developing with, uh, with DC Comics and, and Warner Brothers. Um, and, um, you know, got a feature that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get out there as well. And, uh, and, 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 you know, up and above all of those things, um, you know, uh, Bubble Goose Ballers, which um, will, will be, you know, we're, we're actually working with our stupid buddy Seth, Seth Green's company who did Robot Chicken. Uh, we partnered with, with them to, uh, to, set, to set it up as a TV show. But we got a lot of other exciting things that we're doing around that that property that um we'll we'll, we'll get into soon. But um but y'all should yeah check us out man because we got we got some really uh, some really exciting um stuff happening.
1: Hey, one last thing before I let you go, you showed the figurine in one of your videos from the hoodies. Are those figurines ever going to drop? Is there a world where we get to actually get those on the market?
7: Man, we so what happened? So the, the crazy thing is, I, I so I put them out, right? And then, um, man, this shit got crazy. So I put them out, and then, and then I was trying to do this. I wanted, I was going to turn them into a group, kind of like the Gorillas, right? And so I had, um, so, you know, I was talking to like um, at the time it was like Most deaf and um, it was uh, we had Jerry with the Damager. And um, I think I think uh, at the time I'm trying to think of who all we had involved. I want to say Talib Kweli. I can't I can't remember exactly because it was like a while ago. But but anyways, we we were we were trying to put together this like super dope like like virtual rap group. And um, it all came to a halt because I realized that I had signed uh, like a dirty contract man with the guy that put out the toys. And so I spent two years fighting to get the rights back. And um, and so by then it had lost momentum and, and, you know, um, but, but he, he did end up eventually, um, like there I think that you might find like a few of them floating around like on eBay or Amazon, but like they, um, like you are not in stores anymore. Like they got, they, 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 they sold out. No, oh, hey.
0: that. oh man. I know Brandon said he had the last question, but alright, I really do have the last question. Carl. You
5: better not ask no bullshit, guys. It's not a crazy <laughs> question. Listen listen, listen,
0: listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, Alright, so, I was going about, you know what I'm saying, trying to put together the post and stuff, saying, yeah, we got Carl Jones coming. So, you know, I googled Carl Jones, right? And was like, I went to images and stuff. Um, and you personally know Erica Badu, and my only question is, like... Oh is she, my God, what did I say?!
3: <laughs> I think because yes, I
0: feel like hanging out with her would be so so awesome. I'm oh so,
7: like God, what's it
0: Like hanging out with Erica Badu Like
7: Well, <laughs> Lord Jesus. Now, I mean it's so fun. Yo, it's crazy how like that even even when you google my name like that is like one of the first things that comes up. But um now we, we 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 were in a relationship for a little while. Um for like I don't know, like 4 years or whatever and and we uh, you know, we we were close I mean, you know, I mean, she's cool. She's pretty, she's pretty cool.
0: Amazing. That's, I, like, I knew it. I knew she was cool. I just, you know, uh, she's
1: like, like I just want to And you. I want y'all to know that this was the analytical podcast, and I'm just going to run down a quick mm-hmm. stat line. This nigga made boondocks. Facts. Black dynamite. Facts. Dated Erica Badu. Facts. Facts. Launching the Web3 joint, going revitalize the community and put more money into people's pockets while producing better quality oh, entertainment. Man. Facts. Facts, facts, facts. More and facts. he got a full beer.
4: That's a fact. <laughs> <Hey, laughs>
1: when I tell you the man is running a triple double on life right now, bruh. Oh, continue dude. to run it up, call. I'm wishing you nothing but the best. I'm looking nothing for but... all the things you got in the future. Um, hopefully we get in the Thee Stallion anime. Um, praise be. Uh, let's see that happen. Um, and anything else, man, we're going to always be tuned in and checking that out and supporting.
7: Yo, I appreciate y'all, man. I love y'all, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Man, thank you for coming through,
1: honestly.
2: Yes.
3: That's a
1: fact.
7: Bad, bad. For real. for real, man. Thank you so much. All right, well, y'all take it easy. Peace. Hey, man, take you it you easy. Peace. Stay blessed. Stay blessed. Yeah, he see you yes, at DreamCon. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that
1: dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, that's a fact. Let's go.
7: Let's go. Let's get it. All right, yo, I'm mopping
4: see. all y'all. He's right, out. Later, man.
1: Later. Woof. Hey. Whoa. Awesome. Dope shit.
4: We done did Hell
3: it. Oh yeah. Y'all. Hell
4: yeah. We, Hell
3: done yeah. It, right, we done did
5: it,
0: y'all.
3: All
5: right. We done did it, y'all, man. Man, probably, keep it probably. stacked with you. That's what's up. I want niggas to know that my anxiety is at all time ten. Because for some reason, I, I just thought I was going to accidentally press the M button with my fat ass fingers, and niggas was cooking. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. if I do that shit, niggas going to try to jump me. And I
1: can't yeah, let you that You know happen. how to your <laughs> fingers, get
5: nigga. I put Honey. I put my phone under my pillow and just had my headphones in, like mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Tony, y'all,
4: y'all need to. Hey I man. You, Tony, I thought you was gonna act. I thought your T was gonna kick in, bro. I ain't gonna lie to Hell no. Nah. Ch-
5: nigga, niggas didn't even know I used a, I did a test space. Shout out to my nigga Jahad. He was there for the <laughs> test space. I said, hey yo, does my mic work? Does my shit work? Is everything good? Is are we cool? As soon as I figured out I said, all right, launch, nigga. Let's go.
3: Oh man. Hey, good shit. Dope interview. Um, thank everybody for coming out um yeah we gonna we gonna close up shop but before that we are gonna let the host say some last words uh hey ash go ahead
0: i'm here i'm here hey y'all um like everybody said thanks for pulling up this is a great fucking episode um and it's because all of y'all actually came out to support us and it's really amazing and really awesome um and we have some more interviews in store for y'all so don't think this is it don't think this is the peak this is just this is just the this hey. is
5: just the bottom. We're at the bottom right now. Y'all niggas do not understand. That. I've been shooting my shot and Meg the DM for about five years before we go anywhere
1: further. <laughs> Ashley, you're not going to make me the bottom
4: of anything. That's
5: a okay. fact. Oh, no. We're not going oh, like like to slide
1: by. Like,
4: he's not just saying yeah, I know I said we're at the bottom of, Yo, no, the, no, of the mountain no, top. No, like, no, are no, 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 not, top, top. not relax. going relax. No. You're not gonna bottom. We're
5: we're bottom. going to bottom. we going around the mountain where they come. Where
1: they come. If you want to be a bottom, you can be a solitary bottom. No, it's not going to group bottom. I
2: was using a Wow. You're sick. Oh, wait, hold
4: Oh.
5: Hey, Kyle,
2: get your friend, Be bro. At the bottom. Get Kai, your get nigga, your bro. No. No.
5: Get your
4: friend, you use that,
5: no. Wow. <laughs> All right. As a matter right. of fact, hey, as, of, as of today and as of five years ago, I'm going to shoot my shot at Megan DM. I'm going to try to get the interview <laughs> for the squad, bro. I promise you, if I, if I do it, niggas can't tell me shit. Absolutely right? not.
4: <laughs> Guys.
1: Absolutely, bro. All right, yo, I'm going to holler at y'all, man. Peace out, y'all. Alright, bye
5: niggas. Y'all niggas be
1: easy. Oh yeah. Remember to wash our faces and drink water tonight, man. That's it. Take care, y'all. Oh wow. Shout (laughs) out to my nigga Tay. Wow.
5: Alright, man. Thank you for fucking up with us because we fuck with y'all. Peace, nigga. Peace.
2: Peace. God bless.